the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Portions of the following program are pre-recorded. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Well, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for being with us for the uh, Monday edition of The Ride Home. Kath has the day off today. Uh, She's got a daughter who um, just graduated from college and is about to start her career in teaching. Fabulous. She's a fabulous young woman. Uh, But the bad news was she was driving her car last week, uh, a Honda Civic, that had uh, near close to 200,000 miles on it. And she said, Mom, uh, there's something wrong with my steering. I really can't make it work real well. (laughs) It's the last thing you want to hear from your kid. I can't steer my car. I thought I'd just give you a call. Uh, Anyway, she was able to get it to the mechanic, and the mechanic said, the car is so rusted out that the steering column has come away from the body proper. So uh, you might want to search and get a different car. And that's something, you know, I I had a car not that long ago. I I just love this car, and I would have driven this car 500,000 miles if I could. But like all cars here, uh, you know, in the east, that road salt just kills your car well before it's done. That's why, you know, you think, oh, the people in the south or people out west, they know nothing of our troubles, right? <laughs> nothing at all. They've got, they've got the sunshine and no road salt. So uh, anyway, Kath is uh, out car shopping today. Prayers for the, Kath and her daughter, what that's like. I mean, does that drive you nuts? I, you know, like I'm just describing something that, you know, really – is not that difficult, right? And I'm saying prayers, like, you know, right? But of course they do. Everyone everyone needs prayers, no matter what situation you're going through, right? This is a, a really difficult day in America, isn't it? You, have you been watching? Have you been counting and, and looking at the heartbreaking scenes of what's happening at the airport in Afghanistan, in Kabul? I mean, I love this country so much. Uh, God bless America. And uh, the way that we are exiting out of this 20-year war is just horrendous. Just horrendous. Yesterday, uh, President Biden and his wife paid their respects at uh, the Dover Air Force Base in Delaware to the 13 men and women who died at uh, Kabul Airport last week. And well, they should. We are learning more about these young men and women. And their deaths are all the more painful because they were sent on a selfless rescue mission. They were helping people flee oppression and most likely certain death and come to this greatest of countries, to this country that you and I often take for granted. Those men and women, in many instances, those very young men and women, they range in age from 20 to 31. 
And, of course, like the United States Armed Forces, they represent a mix of ethnic groups. And they hail primarily from the middle-class patriotic families who are the backbone of this country. And always, 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 always bear the worst burden of our wars in this country. Family members say that they joined the military out of individual purpose and national pride. And my guess is, if it's not in your family directly, certainly within your small circle of friends, you you know these men and women. You know probably multiple men and women who are like that. They are the volunteers who follow orders and man the ramparts to no matter what the risk is or the ill-advised war plan. I'll say that. Here's just a few of their names. Nicole Gee, killed last week, was recently promoted to Marine Sergeant. She was from Sacramento and married to a fellow Marine, Jared Gee. And only days before her death, she posted on Instagram a now very famous photograph of herself cradling a young Afghan baby. And she said, I love my job. She was 23. Lance Corporal Jared Schmitz, 20. He always wanted to be a Marine. His entire world was the U.S. Marine Corps, his dad, Mark Schmitz, wrote. And ever since he committed himself to the Marines in high school, he wanted to join. He showed a level of dedication that I have not seen, said his dad, of Wentzville, Missouri. He was among those sentable cabal as Mr. Biden's Afghan withdrawal turned to chaos. These were kids. I got two boys, a 20-year-old, a 23-year-old. I look at these kids of mine. They're boys. Lance Corporal Riley McCullum of Jackson, Wyoming, was bound and determined to join the Marines, said Cheyenne McCullum, one of his three older sisters, according to reports that were out over the weekend. He knew it, they said, in his family from the time he was a little boy. McCollum signed his enlistment papers on his 18th birthday at Summit Innovation School in Jackson, Wyoming, where he had been on the wrestling team. He deployed to Jordan in April after getting married, and his wife Gigi is expecting a baby in just a couple of weeks. Marine Corporal Hunter Lopez of Indigo, California, was the son of two Riverside County Sheriff's Department employees. He had shared with his mother a photo of himself and a young Afghan boy. She said, my son called me and told me that the photo of him and the little boy, he scooped up the boy, carried him on his shoulders for about five miles to safety. He said, Mom, we are so resourceful. We hot-wired a car and got back to a base to be safe. His mother, Alicia Lopez, told CNN. He, Hunter Lopez, was 22. Every death in war is heartbreaking. Every death, of course. But especially when that mission that killed them did not have to happen the way that it did. But their service, these heroes, these young men and women, is also reassuring for showing that millions of young Americans are still willing to sacrifice to defend their country and its principles. 
got a wager that they didn't wait in the locker room when the national anthem was played. Because these men and women represent the very best of who we are as a country. So those prayers for those 13 who were lost last week, and of course, for the thousands and thousands who have gone before them in Afghanistan and their families, who today, as we exit out, the very last, as power is handed over tomorrow to our enemy, the Taliban, and the ISIS around them, we walk away. Thousands of lives, many young men and women maimed forever, scarred physically and emotionally, and we walk away. It was turmoil. To the very end, it was turmoil. And so you go back to George W. Bush, Barack Obama, Donald Trump, Joe Biden, all doing what they thought was the right thing. But I am sure it is very difficult to speak to these families. And they nod their head and think, my daughter... My son gave their best for this country. That's a very difficult thing to swallow. But this country is still great. Let's take a quick break. We've got uh, a lot ahead here on today's ride home. And I've got some good news for you as well about an event about Afghanistan that you want to hear about. We'll take a quick break. Michael Brown is with us. Harvard has a new chaplain. But the weird thing is he is not a person of faith. Not Christian faith, not of the Jewish faith, not a Muslim. He is an atheist. And we'll talk about that. The wisdom, perhaps, next. 101.5 WORD. Your station for unlimited grace with Brian Chappell. The Lord put the wrath that we deserved on his son. And the consequence is we live in the covenant still redeemed by the God who has shown us the sin, shown us the consequences, but said, when you repent, I relent. Unlimited Grace with Brian Chappell, weekday afternoons at 1.30 on 101.5 WORD. On August 14th, a magnitude 7.2 earthquake decimated southwest Haiti. So they are trying now if they can save the people because there's so much people down there. More than 2,000 people have been killed. Thousands of others injured and missing. Homes, businesses, churches, and schools have been leveled. Tens of thousands of people are left homeless, sleeping in the streets. All of this tragedy in the poorest country on this side of the world. Food for the Poor has been serving in Haiti for more than 35 years. We've already shipped almost 100 containers of relief supplies to the victims of this disaster. But your generous, compassionate gifts will keep the help and hope flowing in the days, weeks, and months to come. So please, give your most generous gift now to minister relief to the desperate people of Haiti. Dial pound 250 on your cell phone and just say, I want to give. On your mobile phone, dial pound 250 and say, I want to give. Dial pound 250 on your cell phone and just say, I want to give. Or you can click the red Help Haiti banner at wordfm.com. Excuse me, why don't you have life insurance yet? I've got diabetes, and I know the price will be through the roof for the pre-existing condition. Well, actually, SelectQuote makes it easy to get very affordable life insurance, even if you have a health issue. I'm listening. 
you'll get quotes from some of the country's most trusted carriers. Even with your diabetes, you can get around $250,000 in insurance for as little as a dollar a day. That would be amazing. <laughs> What's it called again? Select Quote. Just call or go to selectquote.com to get your free quote. Get the coverage you need at a price you can afford. Call 1-800-694-1010 or go to selectquote.com today. That's 1-800-694-1010 or selectquote.com. Select Quote. We shop. You save. Get full details on example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Monthly premiums vary based on health company and other factors. Not available in all states. Sadly, in 2020, 24 children died of pediatric vehicular heat stroke, and many of these incidents occurred when parents or caregivers simply forgot the child was in the car. A child's body temperature rises three to five times faster than an adult's, and leaving a child in a hot vehicle can lead to their death very quickly. If you see a child left unattended and can't locate their parents, call 911. If the child looks unresponsive, do whatever it takes to get him or her out safely, including breaking the window. Your actions may save the life of a child. Brought to you by NHTSA. Harvard University. It's the Ivy League, right? The best and the brightest change your life forever. You get into Harvard University. Well, there's uh, something weird underfoot at Harvard University. Of course, we live in this age of weirdness. Dr. Michael Brown is with us. Dr. Brown is the host of the nationally syndicated Line of Fire radio program. His most recent book is Has God Failed You? Finding Faith When You're Not Even Sure God is Real. Here today to talk to us about what's happening at Harvard. Dr. Brown, how you doing? Hey, doing great, John. Good to good to be on with you. Yeah. And you know, Harvard is founded in 1636, so it's the first college now founded in America. It has different slogans, you know, for, truth for Christ and church, and for the glory of Christ. And you know, these are just some of the slogans of the school. And it, it existed first to train a literate clergy. And to graduate, you know, you had to be solid in the scriptures. It's 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 extraordinary. When you were delivering a commencement address, it would either be in Greek or Latin or Hebrew, if you can imagine this. Yeah, Harvard. And and now Harvard has brought on as their chief university chaplain an atheist named Greg Epstein, who even more remarkably is ordained as a secular humanist rabbi. This is Harvard in the year twenty twenty one. So what does this mean, Michael? So I'm reading the piece. There's a piece um, in the New York Times that they interview students at Harvard. You know, they're part of uh, Christian fellowship or they're Muslims or Jews who are interested in, in air quotes, spiritual but not religious. And they go, hey, this is a good guy. I mean, he's a guy who brings people together. So this is the right humanist to have in this position. Well, first, don't call him a chaplain. A chaplain, by definition, is a religious figure, someone that conducts religious exercise, someone that engages in prayers and things like that. So if you're an atheist, there's no one to pray to. There's no true religion because there's nothing that exists outside of yourself. So he may be a nice guy. He may be a good coordinator, good administrator, good friend, someone to talk to. Fine. Great. Just don't call him a chaplain and don't call him a rabbi, for that matter, because without God, there is no Judaism. There is no significance to the Jewish people. There is no divine calling. There's no Torah given by God. There's no history, nothing whatsoever. So that that's my issue. If they say, hey, look, he's really sympathetic to people from different religions. Uh, and even though he himself does not believe in God, he's respectful. And this guy just knows how to get people to talk to each other. He's a great administrator. So. 
as weird as it would be, hire him as an administrator to coordinate the chaplains. But don't call him a chaplain simply by definition. That's a good point. Yeah. Okay. So it, again, I'm reading this piece in the Times that was, I think, last week. He says, "We don't look to God for answers. We are each other's answers." I mean, uh, I, I don't know how you wrap your head around that. Again, the mantle of chaplain is to lead people to the mystery of, of God. Right. So you know, I I wrote an article and just posted. Okay, Merriam-Webster, the website, four definitions for chaplain. One, a clergyman in charge of a chaplain, uh, of a chapel. So again, a clergyman. You say, well, he's a rabbi, but a clergyman by definition is someone that believes in the existence of God, that believes in a particular religious faith. So you have a Muslim clergyman, you have a Hindu clergyman. You have a Buddhist clergyman, a Christian clergyman, but you wouldn't have an atheist clergyman because an atheist does not believe in the existence of God or of a spiritual world or a world to come. So, you know, if, here, you go to the chaplain, right? Your Christian background, you're in the army, you're scared, you're being deployed for the first time, you sit with the chaplain, and you want to talk about just assurance that your sins are forgiven, that you're in right relationship with God, that... That, that that it is true, really is it true, that there's a world to come, and so on, and, well, we don't really know. We don't know if there is a God. There's really no such thing as sin. That's a human construct. It's for world to come. Well, all we know is this world. <laughs> no, that's not what you expect the chaplain to say. No, I need some comfort. You expect the chaplain to, to put here, a hospital chaplain, right? Oh, you're the hospital chaplain. Yeah, look, my, my grandma here, she's really, really sick. We need a miracle. Could you pray? Well, who do we pray to? There's no God. We pray to ourselves. We Let's encourage her. <laughs> no, that's not what you expect from the chaplain. No, it's not. So as much as we laugh about this, and as much as Greg Epstein may be a, a decent human being, no, we're not looking to each other for answers. That's not what, what chaplains are directing us to do. That's not what rabbis or clergy are directing us to do. And if there is no God, there is no reason for a religion. Why have a religious right at a funeral? Talk about the person, remember them, talk about dealing with grief, what their legacy is, fine. Just do it from a humanist point of view and leave it there. Yes. But, but don't call yourself a member of the clergy. So I wonder, you know, what the, what the thinking was behind that, right? You're a member of the clergy, but there is no, there's nothing behind you. It's just a, a little shadow. You're just a puppet in some way. So what is the point? I mean, I wonder if, if this would get any pushback or because it's Harvard, people just will nod their head and go, well, you know, Harvard, they must know best. They're certainly smart people. So we'll just let it go with that. Well, there, there is a certain despising of religious beliefs in certain academic circles, in certain woke circles. A uh, survey was done at, at Harvard within the last two years, and out of 500 faculty surveyed, there may have been one or two that identified themselves as conservative Republican voters. And it's not to say the conservative Republican is the same thing as Christian or spiritual or religious, but that, that just gave an overview. Many of the Ivy League institutions, the, the amount of professors who would identify as conservative, religious conservatives, is absolutely minuscule. Uh, and then think of it. If religious faith is primarily a human construct, our reaction to some forces beyond ourselves, well, then it's just as logical to be an atheist. Look, if, if I'm convinced this is the hell I'm going to die on, Jesus is Lord, he died for our sins, he rose from the dead, there is no salvation outside of him, salvation, damnation are real things, the Bible is real and true, 
So I'm going to have compassion on Muslims and, and, and Hindus and atheists and Jews who don't believe what I believe. I'm going to pray for them. But you certainly believe and certainly know that that's going to affect my worldview because yes. this is real to me. However, if, well, you know, you have your religious expression. I have mine. The things we really can't know. We don't all just get along. I had a friendly debate with a Reform rabbi in England a couple of years ago about Messianic prophecy, and I knew the way it was going to go because he's very liberal. Uh, brilliant God, very liberal. And I, I knew the way it was going to go. The more I pressed what the Bible said, the more he would question what the Bible said. And he ended up saying that, that he was at a discussion with various religious leaders, Muslim, Christian, Jewish, and at the end of the day, they divided into two groups. In other words, just who they hung out with. That the religious fundamentalists, like people like you and me, yeah. they were all together. Muslim, Hindu, Christian, because they, they seriously believed their scriptures to be true and had that in common and believed that you should live a life to honor God in the midst of our differences. The others, all the liberals, they went off by themselves and their group because they didn't really believe any of it. It's just, yeah, it's a nice expression. So when that's the mentality, I, I sincerely question whether the chaplains at, at, at Harvard are conservative religious practitioners. My guess would be they're all fairly liberal. So none of them are really sure about anything. <laughs> and their sacred scriptures provide yeah. some insights and, and beautiful traditions, but they're not the Word of God. That's the old fundamentalist mentality that we've outgrown. So God like this fits in perfectly. He surely does. We're talking with Dr. Michael Brown, the Line of Fire radio program. He wrote a piece at the stream called When Harvard Hired an Atheist to be Chief University Chaplain. So, Michael, in your piece, you write, among the rules and precepts of Harvard to be observed by the students were these. Let every student be plainly instructed and earnestly pressed to consider well the main end of his life and studies is to know God and Jesus Christ, which is eternal life, period. I wonder whenever that was just ignored, whenever we just went beyond that. Harvard said, we no longer believe that. Yeah, well, look, these things happen gradually. And, you know, over over a period of of years, it doesn't take that long until you get into history that you see there's some backsliding and some compromise and some worldliness, but of a standard that – that we'd be happy, what they considered backsliding with the students at Harvard, we'd be happy if our church kids lived like that. You know, the standards were set so high uh, on every level. But it started, like many of our schools did, to train clergy. And that was the number one profession. You had to have people trained to be a literate clergy. And then from there expanded, hey, let's have jewels. Let's have godly people. Let's have well-educated people serving in every area of society. Uh, Look, you had mandatory chapel service several days a week at Yale University into the 1900s. You had other schools that were established established in the 1800s, and you're still in the mid to late 1900s, and they still have to have a, a, a reverend as the president of the school. I mean, so many of our schools had deep, deep Christian roots, and then they got more and more secular. And then it became the in thing to be rationalistic and to be all the more secular. So it, it, it's, it's not surprising. Someone messaged me today. She said, when I was getting my THM at Harvard, one of the professors there was Reverend Peter Gomes, considered to be one of the most influential black Christian leaders in America, open, proud gay man, open, proud homosexual man, leading the moral ethics religion department at, at Harvard 
And this is some years back. So, again, no surprise to see this happen. But we know the story. You yes. depart from biblical roots, and you can go in any direction. Nothing is surprising anymore. Amen. Heaven help us, uh, truly, uh, as we sort of slide and continue to see. And, of course, you know, you love this country, just like me, Michael, and you see the what's happening around the, the this nation of ours, and you think, where does this all end? Or what will we look like? What's, what's to come of us in 25, 50, 100 years? Dr. Michael Brown, Line of Fire radio program. Dr. Brown, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for being with us. This segment and the piece that he wrote, when Harvard hired an atheist to be chief university chaplain, heaven help us indeed. Who are we? Who are we, one nation under God? If credit card debt has you down, nonprofit Trinity Debt Management can help. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, put a stop to late fees, and drastically reduce your interest. You'll pay thousands less than you originally owed. It's not a loan. It's a way to become debt-free and possibly improve your credit score. So call Trinity and talk to a certified counselor. They'll explain their proven program to you with no pressure, just practical solutions and hope for tomorrow. Are you ready to pay off your credit cards in less time for less money? Then call for a free no-obligation debt analysis and become debt-free for keeps. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Gather up your bills and call this toll-free number for a free no-obligation debt analysis. Call 1-800-936-5496. That's 1-800-936-5496. 1-800-936-5496. Grove City College, a group of young people who are engaged in a rigorous academic journey. Mm-hmm. That's fair to say. What happens at Grove City College? This is not essentially for the faint of heart. It is a rigorous, Mm -hmm. deep dive into an academic load. It is. You know, I've had this conversation with both of my kids a lot over the last couple of years. Mom, I don't know how I'm going to do on the midterm. Like, I I don't know. What, What if I don't pass this class? And, you know, both of my kids do pretty well in school, but it's a challenging atmosphere. What I love about it, though, is that there's help for you. You know, it's like if, if you if you can't get what you need, if you feel like you don't have what it takes to pass microeconomics, which I didn't when I was an undergrad, right. <laughs> they've got a, a great tutoring setup. So it, it's, it's one of those things that you want to be challenged, but you want to also have some people behind you to support you so you feel like in the challenge you can succeed. I'm into that. Grove City College. Rigorous academics, great and fun athletics, wonderful Christian values, and some of the most amazing people that I promise you, you will ever meet. For more information, look online for you or your rising senior, gcc.edu. Get a king bed for a queen price at Mattress Firm. Save up to $500 during the best Labor Day sale ever on top-rated brands like Sealy and Sleepies. Plus, get a free adjustable base when you spend $6.99 or more. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, Lay the Word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. 
flash flood watch at effect from late tomorrow night through late Wednesday night. For tonight, a thunderstorm or two around early, otherwise rather cloudy and humid, low 67. Mostly cloudy, humid tomorrow, a shower or two in the afternoon, high 77. Rain from tropical rainstorm Ida, heavy at times late tomorrow night through the day on Wednesday. Rainfall totals expected to average 2 to 4 inches, locally higher amounts possible, which will lead to flooding. Low tomorrow night, 64, the high Wednesday, 70. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. More rain's coming, huh? I was reading today that uh, apparently, I th- I thought, I don't know if this was, you know, the truth, but it feels, feels this way, that all this rain we've had this summer, that the rivers would be overflowing. And apparently, uh, people who are following the river patrol are saying river waters are down. However, with this rain that's coming in from uh, the hurricane and uh, more rain uh, expected tonight and tomorrow, and of course, the big downfall on Wednesday, it's going to look like there might be some flooding here on local rivers. So go figure. Listen, have you seen those photographs? Have you seen the video of what happened? I mean, Louisiana, God bless those people. I mean, isn't it something? I remember years ago we were talking to, with somebody who lives in Appalachia. And someone uninformed, just ill-informed, said, well, why don't you just move? If things are so hard in Appalachia. Why don't you just move? Of course, it doesn't make any sense. You see those people in Louisiana, and you think, oh, my goodness gracious. I mean, there's generations, of course, right? People have been there for hundreds and hundreds of years. I'm sure the same family lineage. They're not going to pick up and leave. But can you imagine the difficulty of living there? Certainly gorgeous, right? 90% of the time must be absolutely incredibly beautiful to live on the Gulf Coast. But that other 10%, it's a nightmare. They're going to rebuild again. We got friends who live in New Orleans, moved here from moved from Pittsburgh, sought that out actively. I mean, forget about uh, generational lineage. Went there because they thought it would be a great place to live. And like they like you said, ninety percent of the time, fabulous. The rest of the time, heaven help us. Uh, you just can't imagine the flooding and you know your house and your car and everything. Just devastation. So. Prayers for everyone. I mean, it really, I, I think the last I heard, one person had passed away because of the hurricane, which consider the amount of damage, the ferocity of 150 miles per hour winds is a miracle of miracles. Still, one person. But, hey, uh, something announced today here in our offices. Was it, I think it was last week, Joe Sweeney joined us on the air. Joe Sweeney is, um, uh, he works as a demolitions expert in Afghanistan and uh, spent a considerable amount of time there. He got out of, he got out of Afghanistan like everybody has been by the hair of chinny chin chin. Um, <clears throat> flew back. Was, was it, was it Wednesday? Was it, uh, when the heck was that? Maybe it was this last week. I believe it was flew out of there on Friday, on Saturday, got into Pittsburgh on Tuesday. And was with us on the air. Just so grateful to hear Joe's insider stories of what the chaos is, even to the second, still going on in Afghanistan. Well, Joe is going to uh, be part of an, an event Friday, September the 17th at Christ Church at Grove Farm. And he's got stories to tell. Uh, really, you want an insider look at what the Afghan war was all about from um, a perspective that's uniquely Pittsburgh and uniquely Christian. That's Joe Sweeney coming up at Christchurch Grove Farm 
Friday evening, the 17th. Tickets are inexpensive. Oh, I think it's just 20 bucks. We, we just want many as many people to show up at Christ Church and hear this story. Hear Joe tell his experiences of what life in Afghanistan was like, what the people were like, what it is to be a believer in Afghanistan, his involvement there. He's a Christian man. So Christ Church at Grove Farm, it's not yet on the website. I think it hits the website tomorrow. But I just heard about it and uh, wanted to share it with you just for you to keep an eye out and ear out for that so that you can find your way to Christ Church on Friday the 17th. But look tomorrow at wordfm.com and uh, more information, more details about Joe Sweeney, the insider look at life inside Afghanistan. Take a break. Next uh, guest, the Gap Year. 101.5 WORD. You're listening now, so we know you're a fan of the radio station. I am a big fan. And we want you to know that we appreciate you. I am your number one fan. That's why we've developed the Word FM Fan Club. It's free to join, and once you do, you can take part in exclusive surveys and contests. Yeah, I love contests. Special offers. Great giveaways. Discounts. Freebies. I'd like to win one of these contests. Become a member today. Go to wordfm.com slash fan club and sign up. We're big fans. If couples learned anything this past year, it's that living together doesn't always create feelings of togetherness. Well, Family Life's Weekend to Remember Marriage Getaway is back to help you rediscover romance and reconnect in new ways. And now through September 13th, registrations are 50% off. Experience what millions of couples have called the restart their marriage needed. Join Family Life at the Pittsburgh Marriott North, October 29th through the 31st. Register now and save 50% at WeekendToRemember.com. As you know, Mike Lindell has a passion to help everybody get the best sleep of their lives. And he didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the Giza Dream Bed Sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's Giza Sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. The first night that you sleep on the Giza Sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream Sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors, and Mike's latest incredible deal is the sale of the year. For a limited time, you receive 50% off the Giza Dream Sheets. You receive a set for as low as $49.99. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, use promo code WORD. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress stopper and much more. Call one 800 3910954 use the promo code word 1-800-391-0954 promo code word sharing one car with her mom while supporting two households in a pandemic just wasn't working out but thanks to the lighthouse foundation's car connection program this healthcare worker found safe reliable transportation that meant less time on the road a full night's sleep and more income for her family it's just one of the many programs you support when you sponsor their annual fundraiser gala september 24th Bring hope to those in the most need throughout Butler and Northern Allegheny Counties. Become a sponsor today at thelighthousepa.org. This is Pastor Tom Hall of First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh. Maybe you've missed church because of the pandemic. Maybe it's been years since you've come, or maybe you've never darkened a church door. But maybe it's time to discover God's love, God's truth, God's purpose for your life. Join us at First Presbyterian Church, 326th Avenue, downtown Pittsburgh, Sunday mornings at 1045 or online at fpcp.org. You are welcome here. (laughs) That's different. 
talking with Chrissy yesterday about uh, binge watching The Office, and this is new to us, The Golden Girls. I mean, it's not. I mean, The Golden Girls isn't new. No, but the, but the binging of it is the thing of it. You know, the the comfort of it. And so I went home last night and I did watch uh, a couple episodes of The Office. You're this. Oh, you, oh a couple oh, the, episodes of The Office. Yeah, the Golden okay. Girls. Um, it's going to be a slow wade into The Golden Girls. To be honest, <laughs> it really is. It's just not something that appeals yeah. to me. I don't think you can jump into that with little, <laughs> you know, prior thought and no. consideration. I mean, The Office. I get right. Yeah. The, the, I mean. Which I feel like if you haven't binged The Office at some point, I'm not sure I want to be your friend. Uh, that's a really good point. Yeah, that really is. Katie Snack is with us. She's a writer, a publicist. Uh, her articles have appeared in places like RelevantToday.com, Hello Giggles, Romper. She's got a new book out called The Gap Decade. And uh, you, you wonder about that, the 20s yeah. of The Gap Decade. How were your 20s? I think my 20s were good. I enjoyed my 20s. I did too. Yeah. I mean, it's a memory. It sure is. <laughs> Our producer, Christy, is living them right now, and uh-huh. so is Katie. Hey, Katie, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Thank you. I'm so good. Thank you for having me. And, Kathy, I kind of agree with you. If you haven't watched The Office, I'm a little bit skeptical about you as a person. Katie, <laughs> so I'm okay. Right with you on that. So we can, we can bond on that. I'm so glad. Okay, so I want to talk, yeah, talk about binging some shows later on. But let's talk about The Gap Decade first. What yeah. is it? The Gap Decade. Well, The Gap Decade is um, just a little book that I wrote that kind of, um, it just talks about the season of life that we all kind of walk through from 20s to 30s, but it's just confusing. It's just confusing, and it's just something that I felt like needed to be discussed and just kind of looked at um, with a little bit of humor, um, because we all kind of go through that, that transitional struggle time. All right, so transitional and struggle certainly exemplifies yes. my decade. My decade, too. Yeah, between yeah. 20 and 30. Yeah, Katie, you, you, lived, you lived in Manhattan in the 20s. Is that true? I did, yep. We had one year in Manhattan, but um, for us, actually, we lived in about five different states. And so we just had job change after job change and kind of hopping all over the country. So what that brought um, was a lot of starting over, um, which kind of, it just it made things even more confusing, really, just to kind of go from city to city and start over and over again and again. Um, oh my it was definitely a journey. Yeah. Yeah. OK, so um, John also lived his gap year or his gap year. No, his gap decade, decade. in Manhattan as well. The entirety of it. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. OK. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So I was in Pittsburgh, but I'm sure that the experience of living in a gigantic city like that was totally different. John, I'll ask you first. Um how do you think your life would have been different if you were living here in the gap decade here in Pittsburgh? Uh, a lot easier, (laughs) (laughs) a lot less suffering, a few less tears (laughs) and a a lot fewer opportunities without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, the the decade in New York was an excellent decade. It it emboldened me. It, uh, it made me uh, bigger than myself in some ways. And when I came back to Pittsburgh in my thirties, everything seemed a heck of a lot easier. Yeah. What about you, Katie? Tell me, talk about, I mean, hopscotching around the country, meeting different people, doing different things. That had to make you a different, stronger, better person. You know, and it did. And it was also just a really wonderful way to experience different cultures and just the way that people live. And then kind of for my husband, and I figure out how we wanted to live then, right? Like, mm-hmm. did we want to live in that condo in New York City or did we want to live in like sleepy, beautiful Memphis? Um, it was interesting, and I think that what's important as you are walking through that gap decade is to be open to, like, the journey, right? Like, sure. be open to take the take the chance to go to New York if that's what you feel like is on your heart, or take the job in a city you've never even heard of and you had to Google where it is. Um, 
just, you know, kind of does take the chances as you walk through. Right. Okay. So you were married in your 20s, yes? Yeah, we got married at 21, which okay. is crazy. Wow. Oh, yeah. that's, so yeah. that's a big difference, right? You had a partner to suffer alongside you or to enjoy alongside you. Yeah. Yeah, we did. And that's a really interesting point, too, because we kind of grew up together, mm, um, yeah. which can be helpful in marriage and which can also bring its own set of extra challenges. Right. Um, So, but I mean, I think the main thing for us that, and it's the main thing in my book too, because my book is super silly and kind of goofy, but the thing that I appreciate about my husband is no matter what season we are in, we always kept each other laughing. Um, which is just so important. That is absolutely important. My sister told me when I was still in high school, she said, listen, when you think about getting married, marry somebody who makes you laugh because life is hard enough. I thought that was really good. Okay, we're talking to Katie Schnack, her brand new book, which I'm holding up for those of you that are watching the show on Facebook right now. It's called The Gap Decade, when you're technically an adult, but really don't feel like it. Okay, so what about all of the don't feel like it parts? I mean, you're, you're paying your rent, or you're paying a mortgage, Mm -hmm. you've got a job, Mm -hmm. in your case, you had a spouse, Um, John Mm -hmm. was living in a different city, you know, trying to make his way in the acting world, you know, in a whole different environment, a whole different set of people, all those sorts of things. So a lot's coming at you fast. Um, Talk about that transition time, trying to figure out like how to just, as my daughter says, I don't really know how to adult yet. Right. I know. And that's uh, adulting is the term that has been so, you know, cutely coined. Um, But I know it's, it's just, I think it comes so fast at us, right? Like we don't expect it. Like one minute I say like you're in a dorm with 20 of your best friends and the next minute you're in an apartment by yourself eating takeout food and crying on the weekend. Like, I don't know, whatever it is, it's just so different and it comes so fast. And then it's the thing that was so interesting to me is like everybody expected everybody felt like they should know what to do but nobody knew what to do right so there's like this expectation that you should be five steps ahead of where you are Mm -hmm. um but the reality is in your 20s and in your early 30s we're all just kind of figuring it out as we go along and i think that if we can be more honest about that and be more open about our own stories um as we go through those times 20s 30s 40s 50s beyond right because we're never gonna figure it all out um i just think it just it's just helpful. It's just helpful to be truthful about listen, the exact yeah. Listen, Katie, Katie, what you said is so true. You feel like you should have it figured out and you feel like everybody else knows. Oh, that exactly. everyone's got their act together. Yeah, everybody knows what they're doing. Nobody knows. I mean, I know. nobody, yeah, Everybody's I, making it up as they go along. You know that. Right. When I was in my 20s, I, I was working full time and I decided to go back to school. So I was working full time and in school full time. And I thought... I'd heard about a ton of people that did this. They can't be that hard. About a month in, I thought, what am I doing? Right. I, mean, I thought I was oh, going to lose my mind. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so what about, have, have you had practiced any strategies like getting, like being in groups so that you can kind of help yourself to understand that you're not alone, to hear from other people, get directives? I mean, I think for me, the main thing is just, I just, want to do my part right to make that other people feel comforted and then other people feel like okay like I'm never going to be an Instagram model or look online like I have it all together because I just feel like the world might not need more of that and what we need more of is honesty and what we need more of is just being truthful um through the good times and the bad right and so I don't know if I have like a technique or a tip, but what I can tell you is that it's so important when you open up and share your story truthfully and honestly, 
the people that come back and say me too and I've been right there with you is just it's just life giving. Mm, that's good. Katie Schnack, The Gap Decade, when you're technically an adult but really don't feel like it yet. So, Katie, what, what about God's provision in your life? What about your faith journey? Were you and your husband in your 20s Christians and you were relying on God's provision? Or were you somewhere, you know, in the ether land of uh, squishy um, theology? Yes, no. I mean, we were both raised in Christian homes. Um, so that was de- that's always been a backbone of where we come from. And that is something that definitely comes through in the Gap Decade book. Um, just naturally, as if I'd be talking to my friend at a coffee shop, because that's just a part of who I am as a person. Um, for me, I feel like there were times when I just couldn't see a light at the end of the tunnel. I didn't even know how long the tunnel was. I didn't even know if it was ever going to end. And so, and that happened so many times during this season when, um, you know, I was struggling with mental health, when we were trying to start a family, when we were trying to figure out finances, it was just relentless. Like it was thing after thing after thing. And so during those times, it was just literally me at probably 1am just asking God help, just help. Yeah. Um, just asking for strength in the morning to get up the next day and have joy in my heart when I didn't feel like I could have joy in my heart again. Um, and so that was it. It was just such like a sweet, simple, desperate time um, that we just leaned so hard on God. And it, it's cool now, especially as I was able to write this book, to look back and see how many things were woven together for our good that mm-hmm. we couldn't tell when we were 23 and waitressing and miserable um but i can tell now that it was it was it was perfect and it was the right journey and was it hard yes but it was it was for my good ultimately and it's cool to kind of look back and have that perspective well that's a good word i think because you know i'm talking both kath and i have kids in their 20 in our early 20s and you know i'm talking to my uh, 21 year old and he's like going everyone's you know so far ahead of me and i'm really anxious mm-hmm. about what the future is going to be like and i i don't know what to expect and i you know feel like a failure and yada yada and all those things and i think everybody you know has followed those same thought patterns in their lives yeah. but you know if you're focused right i mean that's one thing if you're not it's a whole other thing it's just so difficult to try to make sense of what's ahead of you but now mm-hmm. You know, looking back, you can see, as you say, God's provision, how A connected yeah. to B and that whole thing. But in the midst of it, man, it's painful. It is. It is. It's, it can definitely be painful. For me, seasons of waiting are the hardest. <clears throat> Excuse me. Seasons when you just, when you want to be, like you've been said, 10 steps ahead, but you just can't get there until, you know, for whatever reason. And that it's, it's a struggle. And so sometimes in times like that, when I knew that, like, God couldn't change my circumstance tomorrow— um, that's when I would just start praying to him um, just for the strength. Like I said before, just for the strength and the joy to get through the day, even though I knew that, you know, whatever problem I was facing was not able to be fixed in 24 hours or two-day Amazon Prime, right? Um, but I, but God would show up and give me that strength. And I think, like I say in the book, like it's like a little mini miracle in itself. Yeah. Katie, last question for you. Our, our time is almost up. Um, I want to ask yes. you about that decade in particular, about people who want a, a different thing than they have. So, you know, there's there are some people between 20 and 30 who want that job and, and can't get it. Or they want to be dating somebody and haven't met anybody. Or they want to be married and the person they're dating doesn't want to be married. Or they want to have kids and they're not able to. I mean, it just seems like that's a decade where a lot of that, as you said, John, striving happens. So speak into that, Katie. 
It is. It's really a decade where you're trying to acquire so many things, and it can be hard when you can't acquire them as fast as you would like, right? Um, I just, for me, I always feel like if there's something on your heart that has been, you know, it's very strong, like I want this in my life, and it's obviously a good, well-intended thing, um, I think that there's something to that. Like God does, you know, put, he does give us the desires of our heart. It's just not in the timing that we would always want, right? So for me, I think that like for me, for example, writing a book was always a huge dream of mine. And I literally would pray to God. I'd be like, can you just like take this dream away? Because it's really hard and annoying. And it'd be easier if my dream was like be an accountant, right? Or like do something that's more practical. But I feel like when we have those desires in our heart, we have to listen to them. We do because we get one life and we get one shot and we got to go for it. We just do. And so I think just like being honest about to God about like, hey, like, I want this. I want that spouse. I want that job. I want to go to New York City, and I do not know how it's going to be there. So either change my heart or open up a door. And I think that in those moments, you'll see an answer either way. Um, And it can be a really beautiful thing. All right. That's really good. Katie Schnack, the book, The Gap Decade, when you're technically an adult, but really don't feel like it. I'm holding up the book right now on our Facebook feed. You can look at us right now live on Facebook. Katie, thanks for being with us. Oh, wait, though, Katie. The Office. Yes, you're binge watching. Thank you. What about the Golden Girls? Yeah, you have any input on that, Katie? Yeah, listen, I have, like, not watched an episode of The Golden Girls since, like, 1992. So mm-hmm. I'm not down that train. I know that it resurged in COVID because it was a nostalgia, but I haven't gotten there yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, God bless Betty White. We all love her. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like a solid Michael Scott episode is just what we kind of need, right, to wind down at the end of the I day. I mean, for sure. I mean, <laughs> as difficult and awkward as our current life is, it's not as bad as that. Right, because we all go to bed go, exactly. thank God I'm not Michael Scott. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Thanks, Katie. You no. Know, Thank you guys so much. Our pleasure. Thank you. Okay, that's good. The Gap Decade. I'm glad I'm not there anymore. Right? Yeah, but this is a terrific book for people who are. I'm excited about it. Let's we'll take a quick break. You're listening to John and Kathy. It's The Ride Home on Word FM. If you're in HR, you're probably wearing a lot of hats. Recruiter, team builder, trainer, mediator, policymaker, and of course, paper pusher. But not anymore. Bamboo HR is the number one HR software for small and medium businesses. It manages all your employee data easily and automates countless tasks so you can focus on people, not paperwork. Bamboo HR frees you from spreadsheets so you can do your real job, creating a great place to work. If the data shuffle and paperwork mountain have you ready to hang up all your hats, you're ready for Bamboo. If you handle HR records and paperwork, Bamboo HR is a dream. Let us free up your time and put your days of pushing paperwork behind you so you can focus on the people and making your company a great place to work for everyone. Try PC Magazine's top pick for HR software free today. Just go to BambooHR.com slash HR. This is a limited offer, only available to radio listeners at BambooHR.com slash HR. That's BambooHR.com slash HR. I think it's fascinating how resilient French fries are. I hadn't cleaned out my poor car in years, and so I decided to do it from the trunk to under the seats. I found five different types of balls, enough junk to challenge Mary Poppins' magical bag, and a good start at a French fry museum. It's Ryan. And if you tried to turn all the stuff hidden in my car into cash, you'd undoubtedly owe money. But luckily for most of us, it's quite the opposite when it comes to looking inside our homes. Home values have gone fly-a-kite high for many. Meaning, if you look under those seats, there's a good chance you could pull out a significant chunk of money from the new value in your home 
to use for whatever you wanted. And with current mortgage rates being where they are, oftentimes you can lower the years on the overall loan or lower your monthly payment at the same time you're doing a cash-out refinance. If you're curious about your options, we are United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. A child's body temperature rises three to five times faster than an adult's, and leaving a child in a hot vehicle could lead to their death very quickly. Tragically, in 2020, 24 children died of pediatric vehicular heat stroke, and many of these incidents occurred when parents or caregivers simply forgot the child was in the car. Please set yourself reminders on your cell phone or place something you'll need in the back seat so you don't forget your child. Always look for your baby before you lock. Brought to you by NHTSA. Are you ready for a life-fulfilling getaway where you can join renowned Bible teachers, best-selling authors, and award-winning worship artists in breathtaking locations? Sail the Sea of Galilee, gaze at the majesty of towering Alaska glaciers, or bask in the warmth of the Caribbean sun. Christian travel is the best way to see God's creation, and Inspiration Cruises and Tours will provide unforgettable moments just for you. For more information, visit inspirationcruises.com or call 800-247-1899. The Cap Decade. That's really interesting, isn't it? If you've got kids, or you yourself are you know, in that time frame, you're in your 20s, I can't, uh, at least for myself, and I think our, our guest really encapsulated that really well, you can't stress enough how important the 20s are for you, especially if you're a person who's motivated and, you know, wants to build something, right? I think the problem right now for a lot of people is the weirdness of the world that we live in, you know, because everyone's got a computer in their pocket and we're all addicted to these things, that we've lost community in some way, right? That community has gone um, online, that face-to-face, look me in the eye, let's hang out, let's do things together, let's go out. I don't know. I mean, I just, you know, as a dad of a, you know, a 20-year-old and a 23-year-old, I see that all the time. And and I, I always question it. What You guys, aren't you going to go out? Aren't you going to do something tonight? No, no I, I am doing something. I'm hanging out with my guys online. And I, I, I always kind of like, you know, when they were living with me, I'd make a face like, what? What is that all about? How does that even work? Just goes to show you how, you know, how, old you are if you're you know over 50 or so you kind of think I, I don't understand that even with the preponderance of zoom and all that there's nothing like and you know this the excitement of being together the thrill of being out feeling you know the town whether you're going to a show or to a dance or the movies or whatever it is I don't know. It's just a strange new world that we live in. So that gap decade is so deeply important. I can't, you know, I'm talking to my kids. I'm grateful that in many ways I still am able to speak to my kids. And, and, <laughs> and, and maybe, I'm, you know, maybe I'm just reading this wrong. They still listen. I think they do, which I'm, I'm grateful for. Not that I've got all the answers. I'm just being a guy. I'm being a dad, and I'm talking, and they, you know, they nod their head, and I think, oh, they've 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 done something. They've moved the ball forward here a little bit. It's good, but boy, it's really difficult, isn't it? Life is hard, and we got it good. Life, we got it really good. Okay, we'll take a quick break. Come back. We got much more ahead. It's a five four o'clock hour of the ride home. Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. It is 101.5 Word FM, WRD. We'll do a little uh, weather update, some news, traffic, and whatnot straight ahead on the ride home.
Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. In your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The White House says the number of evacuees is steadily dropping. As the U.S. nears the end of its evacuation efforts in Kabul, Bob Agnew reports. The U.S. evacuated roughly 1,200 people from Kabul early Sunday into early Monday morning. They were spread across 26 U.S. military and two coalition flights. It represents a decline from the day before in which 2,900 people were removed, 6,800 the day before that. In the peak of the evacuation, some 20,000 people a day were leaving Afghanistan. In all, some 120,000 since the end of July, most of them vulnerable Afghans. The State Department said as of Sunday, some 250 Americans were still in the country hoping to get out. Bob Agner reporting. After Ida rumbled through the state, about 2 million Louisiana residents now without power. It could take weeks before it's restored. The Dow is down nine points, but the NASDAQ up 152. This is SRN News. If credit card debt has you down, nonprofit Trinity Debt Management can help. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, put a stop to late fees, and drastically reduce your interest. You'll pay thousands less than you originally owed. It's not a loan. It's a way to become debt-free and possibly improve your credit score. So call Trinity and talk to a certified counselor. They'll explain their proven program to you with no pressure, just practical solutions and hope for tomorrow. Are you ready to pay off your credit cards in less time for less money? Then call for a free no-obligation debt analysis and become debt-free for keeps. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Gather up your bills and call this toll-free number for a free no-obligation debt analysis. Call 1-800-936-5496. That's 1-800-936-5496. 1-800-936-5496. As you know, Mike Lindell has a passion to help everybody get the best sleep of their lives. And he didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the Giza Dream Bed Sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's Giza sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. The first night that you sleep on the Giza sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream Sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors, and Mike's latest incredible deal is the sale of the year. For a limited time, you receive 50% off the Giza Dream Sheets. You receive a set for as low as $49.99. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, use promo code WORD. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress stopper and much more. Call one 800 391 Use the promo code WORD. one 800 391 Promo code WORD. If a trip to Israel has been on your bucket list, there may never be a better time and there may never be a better tour. Imagine Tours and Travel invites you to walk in the footsteps of Jesus over 10 unforgettable days this January. Demand for travel is on the rise with costs expected to increase 30% by March, making January the perfect time to visit Israel when tourist crowds are light. Featuring 52 historic sites, your Imagine Tours vacation is the most comprehensive, most affordable tour of its kind. 
Imagine staying in four-star accommodations while enjoying unlimited breakfast and dinner buffets of delectable Middle Eastern food. Imagine spending less time in line waiting to see the sights you've dreamed of all your life and more time actually seeing them. Imagine departing Pittsburgh January 10th on an adventure you'll never forget. Now is the time. This is the tour. Registration deadline September 14th. For details, visit pgh22.com. Imagine tours and travel. Everything you imagined it would be at pgh22.com. Flash flood watch in effect from late tomorrow night through late Wednesday night. For tonight, a thunderstorm or two around early, otherwise rather cloudy and humid, low 67. Mostly cloudy, humid tomorrow, a shower or two in the afternoon, high 77. Rain from tropical rainstorm Ida, heavy at times late tomorrow night through the day on Wednesday. Rainfall totals expected to average 2 to 4 inches, locally higher amounts possible, which will lead to flooding. Low tomorrow night, 64, the high Wednesday, 70. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, greetings. Good afternoon to you. Thanks for coming along today. The Monday edition of The Ride Home. Uh, Cass's got the day off. Her daughter is uh, out uh, buying a car. And, uh, you know, you got to do what you got to do, right? A used car. But uh, I'm grateful I'm not shopping for a used car. I've looked at prices. Do you do this... Uh, in in your uh, internet wanderings, I go to like um, you know eBay cars or Carvana or whatnot. I just kind of look at old cars. My brother was a, a, a car guy. I remember you know uh, my brother's like six years older than me, so as a kid he would buy like these old beaters, just you know, old old cars, and try to you know resurrect them. And I would. <laughs> so he was you know sixteen, I was ten. He was eighteen, I was twelve, and then. <laughs> And my dad, God bless him, uh, gave us the run of the family garage, and uh, and uh, just got filthy, dirty, and trying to figure things out. My brother's friends knew what was going on to a, a, some degree, and then my my dad and my brother in law really knew what was happening. So they eventually were able to get these beater cars up and running, and they would run for you know six weeks or six months at the most, and then he'd go out and buy another one and just try it all over again. But I do this, I, you know, I look online. I, I always would like to have, my brother had a, a green Buick Riviera. It was like a 1970, 71, 72 Riviera. And it was one of those early ones where the lights flipped up, you know, and they were kind of hidden. Just a beautiful car, uh, this old Buick Riviera. I remember I, was, uh, I, I had it one time. I was probably in college, maybe like 18 or 19, and I was headed uh, on the Parkway West right at town where the uh, old where the new jail is now, you know, on that on that ramp you're on the Parkway. And I hit some black ice and the car turned sideways and I was driving down the Parkway sideways. I remember I'm thinking this is not going to end well. And I'm literally sideways and then all of a sudden, boom, it sort of kicked in and Drove straight ahead. Like for five seconds or so, I drove sideways, and then all of a sudden I was back to regular driving and thought, oh, okay. When you're 18, <laughs> you really don't think about how crazy that was. But, of course, it must have made enough impression that some, you know, decades later I'm talking about it. Anyway, uh, uh, my, my train here of thought is all over the map. I just think about shopping for a used car 
and what that's like in today's economy because everything is in short supply, right? The world is in short supply. And the economists are saying that this is something that we just better get used to, that those days of wanting what you wanted and getting what you want whenever you want it probably are not going to be around. We're not going to see that. That's going to disappear at least for the next several years, which is kind of hard to imagine considering that we're all sort of living, um, at least in our house, on Amazon, right? The other day my wife said, we need batteries. We need some D batteries. I'll just get those from Amazon. And I thought, wait, really? We're going to get some D batteries from Amazon that all of a sudden we're going to have some poor guy in a truck drive up to our house and drop off six D batteries. (laughs) I mean, how far have we come? Oh, thanks, man. Thanks a lot for walking up the driveway to give me my 6D batteries. That's really sad. <laughs> really, it is. I don't know. My wife, um, she runs a small business. Isn't it funny? I met my wife in New York City, and uh, but, you know, super exciting, right? You're in love, and then you're in New York City. We were just like crazy head over heels. So we, we just wanted to, you know, let's go to this show. We had some money. We'll, we'll go to this show. We knew people, you know, who, who would get us to see Broadway shows for free. Well, and we loved it. I mean, it was just thrilling. You know what we're doing tonight? <laughs> tonight, we're going to go to Home Depot and buy some yellow or some orange buckets. You know what I mean? Those buckets that you buy for like, I don't know, what are they, six bucks or something like that? That's our big plan tonight. Yeah. <laughs> you go from hey, let's go see a Broadway show. I love you. You're crazy. I let's let's run, let's run down the, the you know 57th Street or just run across the city. And now we're gonna drive to Home Depot and buy some orange buckets. That's what time does. It's still a good time. I don't know. I look forward to it. <laughs> anyway, uh, what's happening? Oh, oh yeah. We're going to talk in just a little bit. Uh, Ryan Burge is with us in a little bit about a more secular uh, America is not just a problem for for blue states or red states. What does that look like? We talked with Dr. Michael Brown about that. <clears throat> I, got, I got kids in college. Uh, when you were in college, were you were you a person of faith? Because I'm going to be honest, I was not. I was not. I, I walked away from my faith in college, and I don't think that that's unusual. And I have tried to equip and engage my two boys that they would not do this like I did, because I spent a lot of time just like being a fool, just being an idiot, just wandering around, sampling the world. That was not good. And I've been really transparent. They, these guys, they know me. They see me, good and bad, and they shake their head at me. And I, <laughs> Let's not do what Dad did. It's a good thing, I think, to be transparent with your sons. Uh, I've tried to tell them. Uh, I tell them one story after another, and you know, so much so that they roll their eyes and go, "We've heard that story. We've heard that debacle. We know that that did not end well, Dad." So thanks for that insight. And I do so because I, I don't want them to suffer like the insanity, the stupidity, the craziness that I went through. Well, what's the point of that? Let me give you a little piece of wisdom. So they're both at school and. I think anyone who is a person of faith, your prayer is that my children know the Lord like I know the Lord and that they would not step away, right? It's hard. It's just hard to be alive and especially to be on your own. And look how the world increasingly so deeply secularized 
everybody nods their heads and we all feed on streaming and we live God so far behind. I think it comes back to, I think it really does go down to what your daily prayer life is like. You know, my mom, uh, I'm one of seven kids and I know that the reason all seven of us survived through the sixties and through the seventies and through all that insanity, all seven of us and all seven of us have come back to our faith in one form or another. We've been doing this for decades and I, you know why that is? Cause my mom prayed, my mom prayed for us daily. I remember being a kid. I was maybe like uh 13 or 14 years of age and, uh, you know, just like, Hey, I'm, I'm staying up late. It's a summer night and I'm going to stay up late. And, you know, there's still that newness whenever you're like 12, 13 and you can stay up late. At least it was for me. And I remember I was, I was watching like the late show and I ran upstairs during a commercial break to go to the bathroom. And there was my mom at her bedside on her knees, praying for praying. And of course I had witnessed this before, but there was something about the juxtaposition of being, you know, out of time. Like I was running somewhere and I came up to the top of the stairs and there she was on her knees. It stopped me in my tracks. And I slowed down and made my way. But isn't that something beautiful? I mean, something big. I'll never forget it. And so my prayer is that you yourself, that your children see you and know that you yourself are a prayer. Because it's a difficult world, and we all need to be as close to Christ as possible in these really weird times. Things aren't going to get easier, are they? They just feel like they just get more difficult. So pray for your kids. Pray for each other. Pray for peace, for wisdom, for guidance, for truth, for light, for God in our lives, for this nation, for all of that. All right, we'll take a quick break, come back. A more secular America is not just a problem for Republicans. Ryan Burrs is with us in just a few minutes. Republican, Democrat, what does it all mean? Christ is on the throne. That's next. 101.5 WORD. Your station for unlimited grace with Brian Chappell. The Lord put the wrath that we deserved on his son. And the consequence is we live in the covenant still redeemed by the God who has shown us the sin, shown us the consequences, but said, when you repent, I relent. Unlimited Grace with Brian Chapel, weekday afternoons at 1.30 on 101.5 WORD. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof. Or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you've lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows or Us offers 12 months, no interest financing, and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new 
new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office. Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how would you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding and roof replacement. Offer valid through 831-21. All with 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsrspittsburgh.com. That is windowsrspittsburgh.com. Excuse me, why don't you have life insurance yet? I've got diabetes, and I know the price will be through the roof for the pre-existing condition. Well, actually, SelectQuote makes it easy to get very affordable life insurance, even if you have a health issue. I'm listening. You'll get quotes from some of the country's most trusted carriers. Even with your diabetes, you can get around $250,000 in insurance for as little as a dollar a day. That would be amazing. <laughs> What's it called again? Select Quote. Just call or go to selectquote.com to get your free quote. Get the coverage you need at a price you can afford. Call 1-800-694-1010 or go to selectquote.com today. That's 1-800-694-1010. Or selectquote.com. Select quote. We shop. You save. Get full details on example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Monthly premiums vary based on health company and other factors. Not available in all states. The United States has killed Osama bin Laden. Hours after that announcement, the White House leaked that it was SEAL Team 6 that carried out the operation. Al-Qaeda placed bounties on the heads of all Navy SEALs. Then just three months later, a U.S. Army helicopter carrying many from SEAL Team 6 and others. Fallen Angel, Extortion 17. The story most Americans don't know. Watch exclusively at SalemNow.com. I would say that the theme for this show is the secularization of our country. Ryan Burrs is with us today. Ryan Burrs is a pastor, assistant professor of political science at Eastern Illinois University. He wrote a piece that appeared in the print edition of yesterday's New York Times. It's online right now, titled, A More Secular America is Not Just a Problem for Republicans. Ryan, welcome back. How are you? Thanks so much. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, it's, a, it's our great pleasure. Always your insight. You are a numbers guy. You're, you're a cruncher. And so this piece, A More Secular America, is not just a problem for Republicans. You talk about how Americans of different ages believing in God and that big change that's happening right now, as a matter of fact. Yeah. And, and if you really look at the data, it's it started with the millennials. Uh, you know, people always kind of joke about like how boomers ruined everything in America. That's actually not true. Boomers are actually still fairly religious. I mean, even as they've aged, they've become somewhat more secular, but only about 18% of boomers today say they have no religious tradition. Amongst millennials, it's over 40%. Amongst Gen Z, it's a little bit higher than that, 43, maybe 44%. So really it's it's the millennials where everything started to switch in terms of people leaving religion in droves. And then Gen Z sort of followed along with that. And now we have a, a religious landscape that's completely different today than it was even 20 or 30 years ago. And I don't think we've even come to terms with what that means politically, socially, economically, or culturally in this country. Yeah, so go into that then. You know, for years, of course, and even to this day, when people are running for office, whether Democrat, Republican, Independent, what you name it, right, they tend to use the church as a platform to engage a certain percentage, a certain aspect of voters. You're saying that that's not necessarily going to be how things are in the future. It's it's sort of stunning to me that according to Pew Research, 0.2% of members of Congress are nuns, 0.2%. Wow. 
of members of Congress are nuns in a country where at least 28 or 30 percent of Americans are nuns and 0.2 percent of, Amer- uh, of members of Congress are nuns. Something's up there. Something's sort of broken in the way that we represent. And I think we all can say we want our representatives to sort of look like us and think sure. like us and be like us. So there's undoubtedly going to be a rapid rise in the share of nun senators and members of the House of Representatives and, and members of even the court system at all levels. It's going to have to at some point reflect what America looks like. And we're nowhere close. Imagine we were in a situation where 25% of Americans were black, but 0.2% of representatives are black. I mean, we'd all say that's 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 not right. It should, we should look like that. So what we're going to see over the next 20 or 30 years is a rapid increase in the share of members of Congress and even at the local level, I think, who are you know avowed atheists or agnostics winning races. And over time, what's going to happen is it's just going to become normal for America and not be an aberration when an atheist, let's say, wins office in Congress or the United States Senate. Right. Okay. So then this 0.02% of nuns who are self-identified now politically in the Congress, to me, then that, that sort of suggests that people are just using religion as a prop, right? That people may not go into a church, but they still, because they're interested and they want to make sure that those voters can signal, yeah, I am a Christian or a Muslim or a Buddhist or whatnot. I'm a person of faith. You're saying then that over time, as the nuns rise and continued increase in the percentage in American society, it will become okay politically for less and less people to pull away from organized religion. I think that's true, but I think American civic religion is held on for a long time. It's this idea that we have things like in God we trust on our money and no one really bats an eye about that. Or we swear on a Bible when we swear in court or to become a member of Congress, let's say, you know, or the idea that the flag is sort of sacred, like you don't let it touch the ground. You know, it sort of blends together Christianity and, and American nationalism in this way. But I think there's sort of been a pushback against that recently, right? We want to separate these two ideas and Christianity should be separate from being an American. And the more that happens, I think, the more opening it gives to secular Americans to run for office. And I think what we're going to see initially is people who win office who are not, let's say, outspoken atheists or say things that are opposed to Christianity, but people who just kind of shrug their shoulders when asked the religion question and sort of stay silent on the topic. And honestly, I think a lot more members of Congress are nuns, practically speaking, like they don't go to church hardly ever. You know, they're not really committed to a faith, but they realize to win elections in this country, there's still a lot of anti-atheist sentiment in the United States. And so you don't want to hitch your wagon to a term or a label that's so toxic in large parts of the country. So I think what we're going to see is as that toxicity starts going down, people are going to reveal what they really are. And a lot of members of Congress are going to say, well, you know what, really, I have no religion and I've not had one for a long time. I just said I was a Christian because I thought that's what people wanted. I see. Sure. Okay. So then our first guest today was Michael Brown, and he he spoke at length about at Harvard University, the latest chaplain, the person who runs all the chaplaincy services at Harvard is now a self-professed atheist, which I think, of course, you know, when you look at Harvard, almost 400 years old, and their lineage as Christ followers and trying to educate people to be in the ministry, that says something. Maybe that's sort of the first flag in a mainstream procession. Yeah, and you know, it's I so I did some analysis of Harvard's incoming freshman class versus all 18-year-olds at the time. 
And 20% of incoming freshmen at Harvard said they were atheists. It's only 10% of 18-year-olds, generally speaking. So we have to understand that Harvard doesn't really represent what America looks like, even amongst young people. It's definitely a specific slice that doesn't look like, for instance, you know, the, the share that are Jewish are 10% at Harvard. It's only 1% of 18-year-olds, generally speaking. So, And even Buddhists and Muslims are overrepresented at Harvard. But I do think it tells us something that atheists, they would nominate and, and elect an atheist, the chaplains nominated this person by the way the other chaplains at harvard it wasn't the students it was the other chaplains who come from all kinds of different faith backgrounds the reality is though young people have a lot less um, we've taught them to be more tolerant more accepting when it comes to things like lgbt and transgender and different races and different religions and i think they're you know for our christian audiences listening is going to you know get upset with that but you got to realize it's better in some ways it's much better to be a kid today than 20 or 30 years ago because if my kid calls someone out for being a different race or weighing too much or being too tall or being blonde i'm gonna you know set him down and we're gonna have a talk i think you know kids have a hard enough life as it is they don't want to be separated and i think you know these kids learning that you know there's going to be all kinds of different people in america and that's okay actually might be better for us as a whole as we move forward as a country. Interesting. Okay, so then you're talking about inclusion, right? So yeah. inclusion, whether, you know, well, you just said LGBTQ or religion or fat shaming or whatnot, this is yeah. the new, and some people will call it wokeism, you know, you call it whatever you want to call it, right? Other people call it inclusion, I, I, and I agree. I mean, there is a positive thing here where you think, when we were kids, you know, we, we were bullies and we messed with people's lives and hurt a lot of people. That can go by the wayside. Yeah, it sh- and it should go by the wayside. I think, you know, we're, we're moving into a new era where we realize that words hurt. And I think we all can reflect back on things we did 20 or 30 years ago when we were kids that are completely and totally unacceptable and the okay. harm that we caused other people and the harm that they caused us that we'll never forget. And I think those kind of psychic scars that we give each other, we need to think about what James says, that the tongue is sharp. It will cut you forever. and It will leave scars in your life. Yeah. We got to be very careful. And you know that you disagree with someone doesn't mean you need to insult them or degrade them or ostracize them. That's the last thing that Christians are supposed to do, right? We're supposed to be saying, you know, I don't agree with you, but I welcome you as part of the community because you're born in the image and likeness of God, just like I'm born in the image and likeness of God, and you're worth no more or no less to the community than I am. I think that's such a more positive way to raise children, such a more positive way to create a community. And we have so much that divides us now politically and over the vaccine and over everything possible. We need to do what we can to realize that underneath it all, we're all the same people cut from the same cloth, come from the same creator. And that's such a better world if you really think about it. I'm into that. Okay. Now, Ryan, at the same time, you're a Baptist pastor. Now, you know, you preach that message for a lot of people. They would go, wait a second now, you know, Christ is my Lord and Savior. You're going to start to, you know, drift from the what I believe is the Bible inerrancy. That's going to upset a lot of people. Yeah, but you know what? I'm a big believer that when you create us versus them, Jesus is always with them. You know, if you look in the scriptures, Jesus was always looking at the fringes of the crowd, the, the people who are left out, left behind, lost, yeah. left back, the lepers, the diseased, the addicted, the oppressed. Those are the people, the Pharisees and the scribes were the ones who pressed up against Jesus, and he almost pushed past them and said, no, 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 the people out there, the, the whole theme of the Lucan gospel is the last shall be first and the first shall be last in the kingdom of God. That's what this whole story is about. Jesus didn't come to save me. He came to save everyone, including the people who don't, can't even get to the front, who can't even get to church, who can't even pay their bills. I think that's the gospel. The gospel is a radically inclusive gospel for all people from all backgrounds, and I think we need to understand that a little bit better, right? 
right. I'm into that, yeah. Okay, so then, you know, you make your living in many ways as an analyst, right? You're a numbers cruncher, but it's interesting the combination of number crunching and a person of strong Christian faith as well. So you're telling us, though, that we see America changing for the better in many ways, right? At the same yeah. time, for the people who are standard bearers for, you know, believing in Christ, you want society, what, what, you, know, you look at the Trump administration and how they went out of their way to create a conservative Supreme Court. And, you know, for the most part, they've held uh, true to that conservative image in their rulings. At the same time, though, right, this is going to be a big melting pot. Look at what's happening right now. More people are coming into this country from Afghanistan. You couldn't necessarily so well, these people aren't going to necessarily be Christians, although the God, Lord does work. But the melting pot is going to change tremendously here, 20, 50, 100 years. America, in many ways, if we were alive 100 years from now, may be unrecognizable to us. Exactly right. And that's what the kind of the piece in the New York Times is about is, you know, the Republican Party has hitched its wagon to white Christianity for a long time. Over 75 percent of Republicans, they are white Christians. But that share of America is declining rapidly as, you know, we become more multiracial, but also as Christianity sort of declines in the national population. So you can't keep winning races when the thing that you, you base your entire you know race on is declining rapidly. You've got to become more diverse. Right now, I think the Democrats have won the nuns vote almost by default because the Republicans have sort of gone out of their way to push the nuns away. Republicans are going to have to figure out how to reach out to some of these more libertarian-minded nuns going forward, and I think that the Democratic Party needs to find a way to keep some of the Christians in their coalition happy. Like, for instance, black Protestants, Hispanic Catholics, Hispanic evangelicals are willing to vote for Democrats on some issues. So I think we're actually going to see this really interesting realignment in America based on religious principles and precepts, right? The Democrats might become more welcoming to certain kinds of religion, and the Republicans actually might become more welcoming to a secular part of American society. So I think is a fascinating time to be alive to see how the parties are going to you know face this new reality that we see with demographic and religious change it is a fascinating time to be alive there's no doubt about that okay so ryan just one more thing so there you are again a baptist pastor and an analyst a number cruncher do you find in some ways that you know you as you engage especially in a you know a secular environment at a university that you have to be an apologist or do you just let your light shine no, I'm not. I, I'm not a big. I'm not a big believer in evangelizing in my job. You know, I mean, I tell my students the first day what I do in my career as well as a political scientist. I'm also a pastor, and I say if you want to talk about any of that stuff, we can. You know, be more than happy to talk about it in my office. I let my students want to engage. I usually want to engage in that in a one-on-one or a small group situation. I never do that in the classroom. I just think that's inappropriate for people who come from different religious backgrounds. I never want to seem like I'm proselytizing or trying to evangelize. That's just not not my speed. But I want people. You know, I want my students to appreciate Christianity by seeing how I appreciate them. I treat them with respect and dignity and kindness. And, and, and I wish, and I tell them, you know, I want you to do the same thing with me. And I hope they realize the reason I'm doing that is because I think that's how Jesus would treat them and see the light shine through me. You know, I, I'm, I'm a big believer that we're the hands and feet of Jesus Christ, wherever we go. And people can see Jesus through how we treat them, whether goodly or poorly. And I hope they, they look back on the time they had me in class and go, Dr. Bird showed me grace and kindness and flexibility. And I can really appreciate that in, in the gospel that he preaches without ever talking about Jesus. That's really well said. Hey, Ryan, before you leave us, talk to us about the book, The Rise of the Nuns. Yeah, so the nuns, where they came from, who they are, where they're going, came out from Fortress Press back in March. You can go on Amazon.com right now and order it. I have a new book coming out in March of 2022 called 20 Myths about religion and politics in America. It's available for pre-order on Amazon as well. Very nice. Ryan, always a pleasure. Thanks so much. You're great. Thank you. Have a good one. You as well. Dr. Ryan Burge, Baptist pastor. 
He is also a political science teacher at Eastern Illinois University. The rise of the nuns, where they came from, who they are, and where they are going. Dr. Ryan Birch. Joe Buck and John Smoltz welcoming you back to the City Center Convenience Mart. Heather's moment has arrived, and you just hope all that training pays off. Heather lays down her purchase, but Randy rings it up as slowly as he can. Uh Uh-oh. Yep, she's looking at the cigarettes. There's nothing good back there. Heather's arm is in motion, but she just grabs the gum off the counter. That's a slick move. Even Randy tips his cap to Heather. Stand up to cancer and rally wants you to reduce your risk for cancer. Go to TakeAHealthyStand.com. As you know, Mike Lindell has a passion to help everybody get the best sleep of their lives. And he didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the Giza Dream Bed Sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's Giza Sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. The first night that you sleep on the Giza Sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream Sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors. And Mike's latest incredible deal is the sale of the year. For a limited time, you receive 50% off the Giza Dream Sheets. You receive a set for as low as $49.99. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, use promo code WORD. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress stopper and much more. Call one 800 Three nine one zero nine five four. Use the promo code word one eight hundred three nine one zero nine five four. Promo code word. A local bus driver, a mom, a dad, a seventy-year-old tearfully sharing a need. All of them grateful for the Lighthouse's food pantry. Just one of the many programs you can support through the Lighthouse Foundation's annual fundraiser gala September 24th. Now is the time to become a sponsor, auction an item, or provide a centerpiece. Your support will help those most in need throughout Butler and northern Allegheny counties over the coming year. Do it today. Become a sponsor. Visit thelighthousepa.org trip to Europe. Visit all 30 Major League Baseball stadiums. Go skydiving. Okay, so you know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune into your retirement blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group Saturdays at 10 a.m. to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do the things you've always dreamt about doing in retirement. Listen every Saturday morning at 10 to your retirement blueprint with Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Why doing it right roofing, siding, and remodeling? As an Owens Corning Roofing Platinum Preferred Contractor, it's simple. It's in their name. They're doing it right, and it's what you'd expect as a homeowner and what they intend to deliver. Call 724-NEW-ROOF. Want it done right? Call doing it right. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey, 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Flash flood watch at effect from late tomorrow night through late Wednesday night. For tonight, a thunderstorm or two around early, otherwise rather cloudy and humid, low 67. Mostly cloudy, humid tomorrow, a shower or two in the afternoon, high 77. Rain from tropical rainstorm Ida, heavy at times late tomorrow night through the day on Wednesday. Rainfall totals expected to average 2 to 4 inches, locally higher amounts possible, which will lead to flooding. Low tomorrow night, 64, the high Wednesday, 70. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Some is today. This is shocking in many ways. China has a new rule for the country's hundreds of millions of young gamers. No online video games during the school week 
and one hour day on Fridays, weekends, and public holidays. China on Monday, today, issued strict new measures aimed at curbing what authorities describe as youth video game addiction, which they blame for a host of societal ills, including distracting young people from school and family responsibilities. The new regulations unveiled by the National Press and Publication and Publication Administration will ban minors, defined as those under 18 years of age, from playing online video games entirely between Monday and Thursday. On the other three days of the week, and on public holidays, they will only be permitted to play between 8 and 9 p.m. The government announcement said all online video games will be required to correct, connect sorry, to an anti-addiction system operated by the National Press and Publication Administration. The regulation, which takes effect on Wednesday of this week, will require all users to register using their real names and government-issued identification documents. Other details of this enforcement were not made public, and phone calls to the national press and public administration went unanswered. Now, in response to previous moves by the government to limit video game playing by young people, the world's largest video game company called Tessent Holdings Limited has used a combination of technologies that, for example, automatically boot off players after a certain period and use facial recognition technology to ensure that registered users are using their proper credentials. The People's Daily, which is the Communist Party's principal newspaper, said in a commentary that there is no room for compromise and negotiation on the new measures. In regulating the video game industry, the commentary read, the signal sent by this move is very clear. The government can and will be ruthless in their application of these new rules. How about that? You're going to tell hundreds and hundreds of millions of kids in communist China one hour, just one hour. There's going to be a lot written and said about this, but that first volley with the Chinese government, look, we're all upset in this country about, you know, the government saying, well, you should get a, a shot. Right, maybe, and people are rioting in the streets over what they consider government overreach. Say what you will about that. This, God bless this country. God bless this country. I mean, could you imagine living in communist China? Now you know, of course, as well as I do, if you've got a kid that you know or love, that there's a deep addiction to video games worldwide. I mean, once a kid gets a video game or a smartphone. You can kiss that kid goodbye, basically. Or there's really hard conversations that go on. Or a lot of bad guys in the family. But the government of China shutting things down one hour a day? Whoo-wee. We'll take a quick break. Come back. We've got a conversation that I've been looking to forward to long for a long time. We're going to talk about Afghanistan and what happened on August 6th of 2011 with a mother who has a story to tell.
101.5 WORD. Turning Point with David Jeremiah. Jesus Christ didn't just die for us to live in eternity with his Father. He died so that we would have an abundant life on this earth as well. And we seem to not be grabbing that in some way. And I think one of the reasons is because we just think, well, salvation is it. Join Dr. David Jeremiah for a special message from the series, A Life Beyond Amazing, next time on Turning Point. This evening at 730 on 101.5 WORD. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. Due to the volatility in the geopolitical landscape and impacts of COVID variants, it's virtually impossible to guess what the market will do next. With Vantage Point, you don't have to. Want to see the next big stock market moves in advance? Text the word MONEY to 813-813 to learn how our AI analyzes over 1 million data points per day. Text the word MONEY to 813-813 so you can learn how to predict stock market trends up to three days ahead with incredible accuracy. Whether you're trading stocks, options, forex, futures, or crypto, Vantage Point's patented artificial intelligence can give you a massive edge. Text MONEY to 813-813 to find out how to protect your capital and maximize gains. Text the word MONEY to 813-813 and time your entries and exits to perfection. Don't wait. Text MONEY to 813-813 now. By texting in, you consent to receive calls, voice, and text messages using automated technology regarding offers by or on behalf of Vantage Point. We want everybody to have a level of comfort knowing that they're in a safe environment, that they're in a caring environment, and that their health and well-being is our top priority. At Stock Family Dentistry, exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. We are constantly screening both ourselves and patients. I want my patients to know that we are there for them. When they are ready, we are here. You're going to be safe. You're going to be well cared for. On Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. One listener that stands out that I worked with recently was this older couple that was interested in refinancing. They reached out to a few different lenders. You know, their credit wasn't the best. I know some of these other bigger banks, you just won't hear back from them, which I cannot stand. Not everybody has the 780 credit scores and never had any hardships in their life. Just because you don't qualify at one time doesn't mean that you'll never qualify. I'll walk you through what you have to do to do this refinance, whether it's two, three, six months from now. Back to that older couple, we worked with them for months and months to improve their credit. And we were able to get the loan done. We were saving them hundreds each month, thousands of dollars a year, finally got themselves into a situation financially that they can handle and they could start saving money each month for retirement. At the end of the day, they just could not be happier, which just put a huge smile on my face. We. Our United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. I think it's safe to say that a lot of us are in shock. When you see what's happened in Afghanistan over these last couple of weeks, which today and then tomorrow, the deep exclamation point of this 20-year war will essentially be over. And say what you will about the Biden administration and the deep bungling of the exit. It is truly a heartbreak. But if you've been listening to this station for the last several weeks, you've heard, no doubt, the the commercials for Fallen Angel Call Sign Extortion 17. It is, by many accounts, a deeply disturbing, violent, very sad movie. It's online right now at SalemNow.com. I would encourage you to go there. Because the premise of the film is this, that on a moonless night in Afghanistan on August the 6th, 2011, 
at approximately 2.22 a.m. local time, Gold Squadron of SEAL Team 6 boarded a U.S. Army Chinook helicopter called call sign Extortion 17. That helicopter lifted off for their mission. And as they flew just above the treetops, the helicopter rapidly entered the Tangi Valley, headed for a small village. The team readied themselves as the pilot gave the signal to prepare the troops to exit the bird. One minute, one minute. But Extortion 17 and all the personnel aboard would never reach their destination. Thirty Americans and one American military working dog were shot that day, that morning, out of the sky. And there were no survivors. This was the greatest single incident loss of life in the history of the Navy SEALs, U.S. Special Operations, and in the war in the United States versus Afghanistan. Karen Vaughn is with us. Karen is the mother of fallen U.S. Naval SEAL Aaron Carson Vaughn, who is SEAL Team 6. On August 6th of 2011, Aaron was killed in action, one of those 30 in the Tanji River Valley of Afghanistan, when a chopper call sign, Extortion 17, carrying those 30 Americans, was shot from the sky while rushing into battle. On the day that Aaron's life ended, Karen's began again, and over the past five years, Karen has emerged on the national scene as a powerful spokesperson for not only our defenders still fighting on foreign soil, and securing peace across the globe, but also as an advocate for a better, stronger, more resilient America. Here today, right now, to talk to us about Fallen Angel Call Sign Extortion 17 is Karen Vaughn. Karen, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, and and that was a phenomenal intro. You really really kind of wrapped the whole story up. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. Well, Karen, my deep sympathies to you and to your family of what's happened to your son. Uh, I can't imagine what it must be like to have a mother's grief, to think about your son in the prime of his life serving this great country and to have him shot out of the sky to receive the news of that. I'm sure it just crushed your life forever. Well, it was. It's one of those moments in time that every, every bit of your life now is marked by that day, what you were before that day and what you are after that day. It completely alters your family. It alters, you know, it's just a sudden, a sudden untimely death. Aaron was 30 years old, just celebrated his 30th birthday. His wife had just given birth to their second child. They had a, a son who was not quite two at home and a daughter who was only nine weeks old the day he died. And, and all of our lives were just shattered, literally. Um, it's something that you can never come up with adequate words to describe. You just feel like a shell of a human being, you know, walking around for weeks, if not months. And of course, I'm thinking about that right now with these 13 families who just got this word and received their, their children's bodies at Dover Air Force Base. Yes. Um, it's just a, it's a terrible time it is a terrible in American time. history. And so I'm glad that you... You made the reference to the 13 who were killed this past weekend. But before we go any further, uh, take a moment, please, and, and talk to us uh, about Aaron. Tell us about his life. When I, you know, when you read these stories of these young men and women who were just killed here recently over the weekend, they were kids, 20, 23 right. years old. And to a person, men and women, they all had the Marine Corps in their blood. This was something that they were born to do. And I would imagine that Aaron, in some ways, had this as part of his life's journey as well. 
Likewise. The most, you know, I, I can't tell Aaron's story without telling this part of it. The most important thing that I will ever tell you about my son is that he believed in Jesus. He gave his life to Christ at a young age. And because of that, he had a discernment in him that was very different than most children his age. He always knew right from wrong. He always was willing to fight evil. He was willing to acknowledge it and stand up against it. And, you know, he was a defender from the time he was a, a little bitty boy. And so all of his life, from the time he was about eight, he would tell anybody who would listen that one day he was going to be a Navy SEAL, and nobody believed it. You know, you wouldn't have believed it looking at him. He didn't look like the person who would be a Navy SEAL, but he knew in his heart what he'd been created for, and, and he lived that purpose, even overcoming just ridiculous, insurmountable odds. He he obliterated the anterior cruciate ligament in his left knee, not once, but twice. The second time, the surgeon said, you're going to spend the rest of your life somewhat handicapped. You'll never do anything physical again without the use of a special brace because his knee was so destroyed that there was nothing the surgeon could do for him this time. Wow. And so Aaron, you know, had kind of resigned his life to that. He was he was beaten down and broken just at the time he was supposed to go live out this purpose he knew he'd been called to. He'd been benched. But then 9-11 came, and something stirred in that kid's heart. He came home on his 21st birthday after he'd already gotten a college degree, was looking at a successful uh, life in the business world. He came home, and he told his father and I that he joined the SEAL Challenge program. It, that, that day was not going to go unanswered by him. Wow. And his father said, but son, you'll never make it. What about your knee? And he said, I've always known that this is what God has planned for my life. He's telling me to go do it now, and if he tells me, that I'm supposed to do it, he'll help me make it. And by golly, he did all the way to field team six. That's fabulous. So Karen, that great pride that you have in Aaron, uh, and then to see what happened uh, that day in August and the disconnect between what the government says and what's been uncovered, this has to be just so deeply perplexing in your life to try to make sense of what's going on here. Well, absolutely. As, as the pieces began coming together, the questions, I should say, began coming together in our minds, we were just kind of left a bit dumbfounded. And, you know, you make a good point. Aaron had spent his whole life fighting for the right to step on that chopper that night, fighting for the right to be a defender of the United States of America, you know, to fight for the greatest military the world has ever known. He, he loved this country. He loved everything about this country. He believed in the American way of life. And he gave everything he had. I mean, he left everything on the field to become a U.S. Navy SEAL. And to think of the way he was betrayed in those hours is something that's very difficult as a mother and just as an American to accept happened to him. And, and yes, the stories are told in the, in, the, in the documentary, and it's a very powerful story that's told, but it is, it, it is minuscule in light of everything we learned following that debacle that night that should have never happened. Absolutely. And yes, we felt very betrayed. Very. So the story told very well in fallen angel call sign extortion 17 at the same time, you as a mother and your husband, your family, you still want answers. And at the same time, you still love this great country. Right. One of the most difficult choices we ever made was to, carry on with this fight demanding answers because exactly what you just said, man, that's really deep that you get that. We loved the military. We loved the institution of the military. We believed in it. We taught our son to believe in in it enough to give his life to it and for it. 
And and so, yes, that defining moment that we had where we looked at each other as a husband and wife and said, are we going to go up against the United States military and actually call them into question, this institution that, that we love so much and we taught our children to love? And finally, my husband looked at me one day and he said, you know what? If somebody you love has cancer, what's the first thing the doctor does? They eradicate the tumor and then they treat it with chemotherapy. They, they basically deplete the body so that they can eradicate what was wrong with it so that it can heal, so that it can be whole. And that was just kind of the way we move forward is, yes, we're doing this for a noble cause. We are going after a noble institution, but the bad players need to be called out. They have to be recognized or other people's children are going to continue dying for no reason. And and I'm not, I'm not anti-war. I'm proud of Aaron for what he did. I believed that the war needed to be fought and lots of, lots of questions about how long it needed to be fought yes. if we wanted to get in that conversation. But the truth is, is he was doing what he was created to do, and and I, I just yeah yes it was it was a difficult it was very difficult to go after senior military leadership for what they had done and how they had compromised our war fighters very difficult. We're speaking with Karen Vaughn, she is the mother of Aaron Vaughn, who was part of uh, Fallen Angel Call Sign Extortion Seventeen. This documentary that's on right now, SalemNow.com. I would encourage you to check this out tonight. Get yourself uh, comfortable in your chair and go to SalemNow.com. This is a story that you have to know. So, Karen, as you're watching the film, of course, you know, you were interviewed for the film. You told Aaron's story so beautifully. When it was all said and done, the lights come up. What are your thoughts about what you saw? Well, my thoughts are, you know, just as a person who has lived it, and, you know, my husband and I have been putting these puzzle pieces together for the last 10 years. And, you know, as the person who lived it, I felt very justified in seeing it all come to light, seeing other people tell the same stories that we had been telling for, for 10 years, trying to get America to listen to, trying to get Americans to hear. It was very gratifying, but I was also left with, you know, there needs to be, there, and everybody agrees, there needs to be a series, there needs to be a second documentary, because there's so much more that needs to be told for this story to be told in full. But I do encourage people to, to watch it. It's not about my son. It's about the American warfighter and what has happened to a politicized military that has to be addressed because as a nation, if we don't honor and respect the lives of our sons and daughters who are willing to put their lives on the line for our freedom and for our security, then we are nothing and we don't deserve their protection. And so every American needs to understand this and understand how to start fighting against this very broken system that is a politicized military. Amen to that. Karen, you're so well-spoken. Obviously, your passion just pushes through. If people want to know more about you, tell us where to go. So my my website is just officialkarenbond.com. Very simple. It just, it kind of hosts my book. My husband has a book as well called Betrayed, The Shocking True Story of Extortion 17. It's the first word that came out. And honestly, we just self-published it and started traveling around the country selling books to get to the next, you know, to get the money to go to the next spot because we were so outraged about what we had learned, um, the way our war was being fought. And so, you know, you can, you can visit, you can look up Betrayed. Or you can look up World Changer. My book is just a story about Aaron's incredible, remarkable life. Fabulous. Thank you so much, Karen. God bless you. Peace be with you Thank today. Thank you. Thank you. Look it Thank up. You. Karen Vaughn. It's an amazing story. And uh, I would highly encourage you, please, do this tonight. Go online. Look at watch.salemnow.com. That's where you go, the website. Fallen Angel Call Sign, Extortion 17. 
It's an incredible story. It'll break your heart. It'll make your blood boil. But at the same time, it'll equip you to look at the American military and the changes that need to be made, even as we still love this great country of God bless America. We can hardly believe it, but it's time for the last barbecue of the summer at the Springhouse in 84. Don't miss out on this great summer taste treat. And come to the Springhouse this Labor Day for fantastic chicken cooked over the pit with lots of country vegetable casseroles, homemade rolls, homemade desserts, and of course our own Springhouse chocolate milk. Eat in our picnic patch or sun porch or take it home to your own picnic. And although this last chicken barbecue marks the end of the summer at the Springhouse, it also signals the beginning of lots of fun fall events. We'll soon be having hog roasts and pumpkin patch hay rides, plus lots of other special events to celebrate this beautiful autumn time of the year. So be sure to come this Labor Day to the Springhouse and help us celebrate. As you know, Mike Lindell has a passion to help everybody get the best sleep of their lives. And he didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the Giza Dream Bed Sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's Giza Sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. The first night that you sleep on the Giza Sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors and Mike's latest incredible deal is the sale of the year. For a limited time, you receive 50% off the Giza Dream Sheets. You receive a set for as low as $49.99. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, use promo code WORD. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress stopper and much more. Call one 800 Use the promo code WORD, 1-800-391-0954, promo code WORD. Nobody should have to pay for one-size-fits-all insurance coverage. Liberty Mutual customizes your car and home insurance, so you only pay for what you need. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Why doing it right, roofing, siding, and remodeling? As an Owens Corning Roofing Platinum Preferred Contractor, it's simple. It's in their name. They're doing it right, and it's what you'd expect as a homeowner and what they intend to deliver. Call 724-NEW-ROOF. Want it done right? Call doing it right. This is Tim Seckler inviting you to tune in each and every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by my law firm, the Seckler Law Firm. Each week, we'll talk about your family's well-being as it relates to elder law, nursing home stays, estate planning, and keeping your hard-earned savings. And if you missed the Life and Legacy show, you will find it archived at secularlawfirm.com. See you Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy show. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. I'm talking about used cars at uh, points during the show. Kath is out today. She's helping her daughter buy a, a used car. Uh, my dad's been gone for decades, but uh, as my dad was passing away, we were talking one time, and I, I said to him, Dad, do you have any regrets? Now, here's a guy. <laughs> he had seven kids. He worked three jobs. This guy humped. I mean, you know, he did everything he did for us. That's what he did. He just did everything. He, he said, well, yeah, I do have... <laughs> I do have a regret. What's that? Well, I never owned a new car. <laughs> I said, that's it? He goes, yeah, well, you know, 
I bet you there's something about that new car smell I would have liked to have tried. <laughs> and to be honest, I've never owned a new car. I, I know a lot. My brother, I bet you my brother's owned, I don't know, seven, eight new cars. You know, some people just make it a thing. Every few, our next door neighbor, growing up, every couple of years, he'd get himself a new car. Um, I don't know. Of course, you follow Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey saying that's the worst investment you'll ever make, right? I'm driving a minivan. I'm driving a, a Toyota minivan. Christy, what do you drive? I do. I lease. Oh, hey. It keeps my payment down, but so, I have a Nissan Rogue. And that's a new car, right? Yeah. You're leasing that thing. It's yep. a, there's a new car. Okay, so what's it like? So then every month you're paying the same, but then have you flipped the car yet? I mean, have you gone to like a new car car? After one lease is over, you flip to a new one? Yep. Oh, that's kind of sweet. It's nice. Yeah, that's very good. <laughs> All right, maybe someday. <laughs> I would say your regrets are few if your only regret or one of your major regrets at the end of your life is you have never owned a new car. Anyway, hey, thanks for being with us. It is always a great pleasure. I don't take your uh, your presence here for granted at all. We gather each day to talk about God and his goodness, Jesus Christ in our lives. Have a great night, and God willing, we'll see you same time tomorrow. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.